Okay, you guys heard that, right? Yeah, sounds like it was coming from right behind you. Not funny. Guys, get it together. We're trying to do a podcast here. Hey, Booze, welcome back to another episode of the Boo Busters podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing the ghosts of the old Charleston jail. Love a jail moment. Lock me up, up, baby. (laughs) I was just going to sing the Akon song, but I forgot how it went. (laughs) Um, Apparently, you two are on the same page, though. (laughs) How's everybody doing this week so far? We had Mo's two times in the span of three days, and I'm feeling it right now. Oh, yeah, no. but like, honestly, okay, Mo's, we have a bone to pick with you because when they get the, when you get the freak birthday thing or whatever, that you can only choose a burrito. And the other day we were going to use our free birthday things because she had, she had her saved up too. And we were like, we don't want a burrito. We want a bowl, but we had to get a burrito. <laughs> so today we got burrito bowls. <laughs> And I ate like almost all of it, and I'm so full right now. I feel like I just collapsed. Yeah, Moses, great. It was <clears> so good. Moses better than Chipotle. Fight me. It was so good. Did we record last night? We recorded on Monday, I think. I the days are blurring. Yeah. Well, um, the day after this episode comes out, it's going to be Thanksgiving. So hopefully, we're all having a good time. Gobble gobble. Hopefully we're not causing fights at the dinner table, Emily. (laughs) I won't. Okay. (laughs) It's the slow laugh for me. (laughs) Emmy's gonna do something naughty. And I'm gonna be clapping clapping my hands from New York for. Yeah. For our pre-topic this week, I figured we could discuss some sounds that creep us out. I thought that would be fun. This okay. could go one of many ways. <laughs> Don't be perverted, you oh, guys. Oh, I know. Like, oh, yeah. The Scooby-Doo creeper when he's like, oh. Oh. If you yeah. are, you got to be careful putting that shit on in the middle of the night. <laughs> or the mummy when he's like, going. Going. No, you know what? That scares the piss out of me. Mine is like fictionally Grandma Aggie from Halloween Town when she's making the ghost moaning noise and she's like, oh. <laughs> like, nope, immediately turn that off. <laughs> yeah, those are scary. But like, realistically, I would say mine is like creaking sounds, like doors opening yeah. or I like. I guess mine would be footsteps. Like, um, that. rocking chairs creaking back and forth. Oh, rocking chairs. That's a good one. How about you, Bobby Boo? I'm not a big fan of white noise. Ooh, just like, wait. I know what you're talking about, but I also don't at the same time. (laughs) Just like the static. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. Um, Other sounds that creep me out. The sounds of my own brain. (laughs) (laughs) Hitting. Oh god. I'm <laughs> Guys, I feel like I ate so much that I can't breathe. <laughs> like that's, a, that, that's how you know you're full full. Twins, yeah. I'm congested right now, so I also can't breathe. 
I'm like, ugh. Oh, man. All right. Should we pop on into the old Charleston jail? Sure. I can't think. I was trying to think of something catchy, but I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> Located in Charleston, South Carolina, it was constructed in 1802 and sat on four acres of land. The plot was previously used as a cemetery, so already not a good thing going on here. That's rough. Other buildings were constructed on the land as well, including a house for the homeless, a hospital, and a workhouse for enslaved individuals. When construction on the jail was complete, it stood at four stories high with an octagonal tower. Fifty years later, the jail underwent renovations and a new wing was added. However, in 1886, an earthquake struck and nearly all the improvements that had been made were ruined. The building served as a jail until 1939 when it was decommissioned. During its time, though, it housed some infamous inmates, some of which included prisoners of war from the Civil War days, a free black man named Denmark Vesey who was accused of planning a slave revolt and was then executed on the grounds in 1822, several pirates, a man named Jack Alexander Tardy who was accused of stealing a boat and was also guilty of condemning an innocent man to execution, Tardy was held in the jail from 1825 to 1827 and was then also executed on the grounds. The most well-known inmates that resided here were Lavinia Fisher and her husband, John. It is believed that Lavinia was actually the first female serial killer in the United States. Born in 1793, not much is known about Lavinia's life before she married John. According to the legend, the couple lived near Charleston and operated a hotel in the area called the Six Mile Wayfarer House. Men who came to visit the area started mysteriously disappearing, and it was later found out that the last place each man had been seen was at the hotel. The local cops obviously became suspicious and investigated, but found no evidence of the Fisher's involvement. People in town were still suspicious and decided to take it upon themselves to put a stop to the disappearances. In February of 1819, a group of individuals had a talk with Fisher's and then left, leaving behind a man by the name of David Ross to keep an eye on things. The next morning, David was attacked by two men and dragged before a group, which included Lavinia. When he looked to her for help, she choked him and smashed his head through a window. Luckily for him, he was able to escape and go to the authorities. Oh, At around this, yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy, huh? <laughs> At around the same time period, a man named John Peoples had stopped in at the hotel, and Lavinia had invited him in for a meal and a place to rest. She led him to his room and left him, which at this point in time, he became suspicious of Lavinia and her husband and all the questions that they were asking him. Worried they were going to rob him, he decided to rest in the chair by the door rather than in the bed. A short while later, he was awoken by a strange noise. What he saw was the bed disappearing into a hole in the floor, which caused him to escape out the window and flee to the authorities. What in the Sweeney Todd? I like this. <laughs> At this point, John, Lavinia, and two men they had working with them were arrested. The authorities searched the hotel and dug up the grounds and discovered that there were several hidden passages throughout the building, including a mechanism that can move floorboards beneath the beds. They also found tea laced with an herb that can make someone sleep for hours and discovered the remains of around 100 men. Damn. <laughs> At their trial, they pled not guilty, but the jury did not agree, and they were charged with several counts of robbery and murder and then were sentenced to hang. While awaiting their deaths in the old Charleston jail, in which they were able to share a cell, which that would not be allowed nowadays, they were planning an escape attempt. On September 13th, they used a rope from the jail made from bed linens to get out. John made it outside, but the rope broke, leaving Lavinia still inside their cell. 
Not wanting to leave her behind, he returned to the jail and the two were kept under tighter security until it came time for their executions. On February 18, 1820, the couple was taken out of their cell to the gallows behind the jail. John went peacefully, pleading his innocence and asking for forgiveness. Lavinia, on the other hand, requested to wear her wedding dress and then refused to walk to the gallows. She ended up being carried there screaming the entire time. She continued screaming as the noose was placed around her neck and then before the executioners could do their job, she shouted into the crowd, if you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me. I'll carry it. And then she jumped off the scaffolding herself. Although some historians now claim that Lavinia was indeed not the first female serial killer, the legend still remains strong to this day. Today, the jail does offer a variety of tours, although they are closed for remodeling at this time. Lavinia is a bad bitch. Lavinia is a sassy woman there. Yeah. Like with any place with such a violent history, Old Charleston Jail is not exempt from rumors of it being haunted. It is believed that the souls of those who are imprisoned here still remain today. People claim to see objects move around on their own, hear disembodied voices, and the sound of slamming doors. Jewelry also seems to disappear off visitors, perhaps being stolen by the ghost of Lavinia. Oh, hell no. (laughs) When the prison was undergoing renovations in the early 2000s, construction workers returned to the building one night to find footprints in the dust on the floor. Another night, they saw what they described as the spirit of a former prison guard with a rifle in his hand patrolling the third floor. Allegedly, he charged at the workers before vanishing to thin air. I would shit my pants. Yeah, that would be pretty scary, huh? People have also supposedly captured ghostly images during their tours. Lastly, some people also claim to have been touched by phantom hands during their tours. Guys, I have to interrupt this. I googled myself out of curiosity, and on the second page, I found an article that has my fucking phone number in it. Stop <laughs> it. Wait, it's got your address and everything, too. Yeah. Who did that? Oh, my, <laughs> oh my gosh. Backgroundcheck.com. That's actually terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What if you were, like, in hiding or something, and they just outed you like that? I don't know. The old Charleston jail has been featured in pop culture a few times, so let's dig in. First up, in 2011, the Ghost Adventures team visited the prison. During their time there, they experienced a variety of phenomena, including EVPs stating, you make me mad, let me out, I want to go, and get off the pin. Food. They also saw orbs throughout the jail, heard unexplained banging sounds, and experienced equipment malfunctions. Okay, they experienced that everywhere. Yeah. In 2012, the Ghost Hunters team visited. While they were there, they experienced hearing odd noises, a door slammed shut seemingly on its own, their camera woman was scratched multiple times, Jason was also scratched, and they saw a black mass in one of the rooms they investigated. They concluded that there is definitely an evil entity in the jail and believed to be the spirit of Lavinia. In 2017, the Ghost Brothers visited and tried to make contact with the Ghost of Lavinia. Did they not succeed? No. Okay. (laughs) Lastly, in 2019, Ryan and Shane from BuzzFeed Unsolved Supernatural visited the jail. While they were there, they captured some voices on their recorders and Ryan felt something tug on his shirt. I love those two. Yeah. (laughs) They're iconic. While searching through the Reddit, we did find one interesting post regarding an experience someone had at the old Charleston jail. It was written one year ago by someone with the username cbenj167. 
Pharaoh a few weeks ago when I decided to go on a tour of the old Charleston jail in Charleston, South Carolina. It's literally called that. I've researched for other names. I had an experience that I cannot explain. I am a nanny who is 23 years old and female and had the opportunity to accompany my employers on a trip. The evenings were my own to explore, and despite being a little nervous because I never really travel alone, I decided to be adventurous. Barely 15 minutes into the tour, the tour guide tells us the infamous story of Lavinia, the demented innkeeper woman that trapped, robbed, and killed men. She was subsequently hung at the jail in her wedding dress and still exists as a vengeful spirit on the grounds who is known to scratch people. Ooh, spooky. As he's telling us this story, my head and neck are getting hot, and I mean burning hot. My neck starts to furiously burn and tingle, and I become so woozy that I ask the tour guide to point me towards the bathroom. He looks at my neck and asks me if I had a dark red mark on my neck before the tour. Looking in the bathroom mirror, I couldn't believe what I saw. Scratch, almost the perfect size of a woman's fingernail, was raised on my neck. I had just been in the bathroom before the tour, and this was a very clear, distinctive mark that was not there before. The tour guide took a picture and even said that it was the most prominent one that he had seen. I'm also very pale, though. The craziest part was the mark just kept getting hotter, redder, and increasingly more painful as the tour went on, as if Lavinia or someone else was continuing to bother me throughout the tour. By the next morning, the mark had almost completely faded into a pale pink line on my collarbone. Now for the part that's really been bothering me. A little backstory that I think might be related. Last year, I had a severe medical emergency, and it was the closest that I have ever been to death. At only 23, this just really shook up myself and the whole family. Prior to this event, when visiting supposedly haunted locations or going on ghost tours, I hardly felt anything. Maybe goosebumps or the hairs on the back of my neck standing up because of negative energy at most. However, this was my first tour since, and during my entire visit at this Charleston jail, I felt constant energy, and this time it was emotionally jarring and torturous. After the scratch, it felt like I was being confronted with that life-changing moment over and over, even though the stories being told were clearly about people long dead. I couldn't stop sobbing the rest of the tour. I felt and looked like a crazy person to everyone else. It felt like I had entered the jail, exhaled, and let a wall down between me and something that was able to emotionally stir me. The tour guide said that I may have been an appealing target to the spirits as a young woman traveling the city alone, but I am convinced that this medical crisis I experienced may have something to do with the sudden intense feeling of paranormal energy. I'm still a skeptic and have already tried debunking this in my mind. I thought it was my purse strap, but then realized it was draped over the opposite side of my body. It's not possible that it was a hickey, as friends have joked, so please don't ask. I've considered hives, but I've never had a rash or anything like that just suddenly occur in my life and with such convenient timing. Despite my skepticism, I have always made sure that I make it clear that no negative spiritual energy is to follow me, attach itself to me, etc. However, last week I had a moment at home that seriously terrified me. I was standing at the kitchen sink completely alone in my apartment when I heard a deep, low growl right in my ear. And I mean a growl. It was so real that I whipped my head around and yelped. My roommate was in a completely different state. I don't have any pets, and I had never heard this sound before. It didn't sound like an animal at all. It was like an angry person gurring right in my ear. It's approaching the year anniversary of my close-to-death experience, and I'm starting to feel crazy and like it's all psychological. However, these recent events leave me unable to reason and honestly looking for a different explanation. I felt a presence around me in my apartment sometimes, but just played it off before as commonplace tricks of the mind, including darting shadow figures. Has anybody had an experience like this, a life or death event that's left you feeling more vulnerable to the other side? Any advice at all would be helpful, even if it's just to tell me to get freaking therapy. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I have a creepy pasta for my boo crew moment this week. Love a creepy pasta. And I think we all know it, but this guy scares me, so I'm gonna say it again. Oh God. <laughs> it's the smiling man. Oh God. <laughs> About five years ago, I lived downtown in a major city in the US. I've always been a night person, so I would often find myself bored after my roommate, who is decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. To pass the time, I used to go for long walks and spend the time thinking. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night, and never once had a reason to feel afraid. I've always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the city were polite, but all of that changed in just a few minutes one evening. It was a Wednesday, somewhere between 1 and 2 in the morning, and I was walking near a police-patrolled park quite a ways from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short side street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At the far end of the street, on my side, was the silhouette of a man dancing. It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, but he finished each box with an odd forward stride. I guess you could say he was dance walking, headed straight for me. Deciding he was probably drunk, I stepped as close as I could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by. The closer he got, the more I realized how gracefully he was moving. He was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit. He danced closer still, until I could make out his face. His eyes were open wide and wild, head tilted back slightly, looking off at the sky. His mouth was formed into a painfully wide cartoon of a smile. Between the eyes and the smile, I decided to cross the street before he danced any closer. I took my eyes off of him to cross the empty street. As I reached the other side, I glanced back and then stopped dead in my tracks. He had stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street, perfectly parallel to me. He was facing me, but still looking skyward, smile still wide on his lips. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again, but kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I had put about half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. Still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relieved until I noticed him. He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance and the shadows, but I was certain he was facing me. I had looked away from him for no more than 10 seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I was so shocked that I stood there for some time staring at him, and then he started moving toward me again. He took a giant, exaggerated, tiptoed steps, as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone, except he was moving very, very quickly. I'd like to say at this point I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all, but I didn't. I just stood there completely frozen as a smiling man crept toward me. And then he stopped again about a car length away from me, still smiling, his smile still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to mind. What I meant to ask was, what do you want? In an angry, commanding tone, what came out was a whimper, what? Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they can certainly hear it. I heard it in my own voice. And that only made me more afraid, but he didn't react to it at all. He just stood there, smiling. 
And then after what felt like forever, he turned around very slowly and started dance walking away. Just like that, not wanting to turn my back to him again. I just watched him go until he was far enough away to almost be out of sight. And then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way, and this time he was running. I ran too. I ran until I was off the side of the road and back onto a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. The rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile, but he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night, and I never went out for another walk. There was something about his face that always haunted me. He didn't look drunk. He didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane. And that's a very, very scary thing to see. That's spooky. I don't like that he dances. <laughs> you remember the short, right? You saw the short film? Yeah. Yeah. That guy's scary. They should make a feature length film. Like I did, don't think. Like they did with oh. Lights Out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Also, speaking of creepy, like tall men people did you see everyone that the, on tinder <laughs> yeah. did you see that the crooked man um movie that was supposed to be coming out got canceled oh did it yeah which kind of sucks, oh, that but... stinks but whatever that's Maybe okay someday they'll pick it back up again yes so shall we discuss our final thoughts on the old charleston jail and miss lavinia yeah you want to go see her bob you know what? She seems like a badass fun bitch. Let's do it. She would kill you because you're a man. That's okay. What if I'm I... a gay man, Lavinia? Okay, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you might be friends then. <laughs> um, I would go, but I wouldn't wear any jewelry because I don't want her to steal my jewelry from me. No. I might have but to beat key, her ass. Low-key, maybe some fake jewelry just to see. Just to like, just to like draw her in. <laughs> Emily's like hardcore <laughs> investigating her life. <laughs> what do you think, Emmy? You want to go see Lavinia? <laughs> no. I'm a pass. All right, Bobby. It's just me and you. <laughs> oh, me right. and you, boo moment. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Man. That's an uh, Emmy's thing in the car moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's an Emmy's not even in the vicinity moment. <laughs> Next week, we have our state urban legend, and we are in Massachusetts now, talking about the ghost of the Hoosack Tunnel. Ooh. So a tunnel moment. We love a good tunnel. Love a tunnel moment. I don't think we've talked about like an actual tunnel, like what the Hoosack Tunnel is before. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Um, Yeah. I hope everyone has a good Thanksgiving if you celebrate. If you don't, I hope you have a good day anyways. And... What's your guys' favorite side? Okay, I was just gonna say mashed potatoes, but then... no, <laughs> don't like... eat. Ugh, I can't. Mm, I like mashed potatoes and gravy. I like mashed potatoes, but I don't. Um, I can't ever look at mashed potatoes the same again. Thank exactly. you, Art the Clown. <laughs> um, I those can. I could fuck up those bread rolls though. Oh yeah. But deviled eggs sometimes, but like. Oh. The other day, Emily farted oh. and it smelled like devil eggs so bad. Oh. <laughs> I think it turned me off the idea of them. <laughs> oh. Poor Emmy. For like 
at least a good few months. Like, I don't know if I can, if there's any next week at that table, I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat it. I have to really be in the mood to eat egg. Yeah. Sometimes eggs make my tummy hurt so bad. They just make weird sounds. <laughs> they make weird sounds. They smell weird. They look weird sometimes. Ugh. They're slimy. Oh, I just turned myself off of it even more. <laughs> it made my tummy sour thinking about that. What are your thoughts on today's topic? Did we miss anything? We would love to hear from you, so please DM us. Don't forget to give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at boo.busters.podcast. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, tell a friend. Tell them to hop on the Boo Crew train. (laughs) Choo-choo. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Peace out.